What's up, OBR Film Breakdown listeners? Before we get to today's show, just a reminder about the $100 in free bets over at the number one sportsbook, FanDuel Sportsbook. Use the promo code OBR today to claim that $100 in free bets. Again, that's promo code OBR at FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older, President Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on 1-1-2023. Unique user identification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, the latest on the OBR Film Breakdown Podcast. everyone to post-game coverage of the uh, Browns week 14 loss to the Bengals. Uh, they lost the game 23 to 10. Uh, what I would describe as a uh, disappointing loss uh, marred by a almost constant stream of penalties from the uh, referees, some of which were deserved, some of which were not. And, um, you know, I think an offense that didn't uh, find enough success, certainly in scoring the ball, even if they did move the ball from time to time on the Cincinnati uh, defense. I'm uh, joined by Brad Ward. I think Jake will be along in a little bit. Jake Burns uh, will join us as well for a quick discussion on this game. But uh, Brad, your uh, your first thoughts after watching uh, today's uh, game unfold? Yeah, that was um, not ideal. That was ugly. Uh, you know, in the first half, they had an opportunity to really make it a game and uh, assert themselves and. They just never really got it done offensively or defensively. And mainly defensively, it wasn't that they had a, they were able to slow them down, but the penalties, the excessive penalties, the second chances given on the drives. I mean, the fields running into the kicker is just, uh, you know, yeah. malpractice, yeah. Uh, special teams malpractice. I mean, what are you doing? Uh in multiple penalties like that to if I think four penalties to extend drives or give them first downs. Um, and there is no way they should have gone into halftime down by 10 points. Uh, mm-hmm. Like they played a well enough first half on defense to be in the game more than that. Even that's still in the game, but to be yep. in the game more than that. And uh, that, you know, and Watson was not, good in the first half he was still showed rust but better uh but they were able unable to run the ball and that and like that's the thing here like their run game was shut down a lot of people are going to pound the table and yell about nick chubb's numbers but uh you know 14 carries for 34 yards yep. 2.43 per carry that's not enough andrew uh right. and and that doesn't that's not enough to to uh justify running it more when exactly. you're down by two touchdowns. Yep. So, uh, a disappointing game uh, all around. Uh, you know, individual performances were disappointing by certain guys. Um, John Johnson, I, I once again, reaffirms why I don't think he'll be back next year. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You just get a half-ass effort out of him, like, every three yeah. plays. And it drives yep. me insane, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and then... You know, the offensive line has, I know it's because of injuries, but the offensive line had really put them at a major disadvantage in a lot of this. Like, the pressure applied to Watson and the inability to get the run game going, it was critical. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and 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 a lot of that falls at their feet, in in my opinion. Yep. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, and I think the, it, it has gone from being a sort of a blip uh, to really extending into a trend now. Um, and, and as you said, I mean, Yelda Froholt is not even a center by trade. He's a guard, I think. And um, I, yeah. Yeah, I think we're seeing why week on week on week that, uh, that he is not uh, a center, certainly at the NFL level. Uh, and, you know, that's hard to blame them for because they obviously they lost Nick Harris in the preseason. They lost Ethan, po- Ethan Posich uh, in the uh, what was that? The Buffalo game. Um, you know, and now, uh, here, here we are on, uh, you know, our third center plus Michael Dunn has been out hurt. So kind of the fourth center, it, it makes, uh, running the, the ball pretty hard when your center is constantly in the backfield getting knocked over. So 
we're, we're joined by Jake Burns. Uh, Jake, uh, just want to get your first thoughts on what uh, you know. Brad and I have been discussing is a is a pretty disappointing loss in the in the way that it happened. Yeah, they they. I think Brad, I mean, kind of described it perfectly. They they can't run, and when this team, which is built to run, can't can't really run, it makes everything. It's more hard. Like, you know, if Cincinnati can't run now, today's not a great example because they they were down those two, but they've sort of built an eleven personnel weapon to be able to throw consistently when their team can't run. I think yep. the Browns have been built to run, which you can argue whatever angle you want to take there about the construction of a roster. That's yep. fine. They do have a quarterback who I think is better now. They do have some pieces in the passing game, a couple, but they're not built to throw it all the time right now. Uh, maybe I think in a year's time, they can be a little better suited for it when they're a bit, I don't know what's the word harmonious with this stuff, but if they're literally unable to run the football at all, and I'm not talking like, you know, Cincinnati, um, it clearly is, is not a a run heavy football team, but they have a couple guys that can, that can make it easier for them. They almost run for a hundred yards. You're, I mean, if you tell me the Browns today are able to find a way to run for a hundred yards, it wasn't from a lack of trying. Look at the numbers in front of you. They, they ran Nick to the detriment of some things trying to just figure something out. And, um, here we are. I mean, like it's, it's laughably bad when they run these two guys 18 times for 40 yards, they're never going to, I mean, not many teams are going to win games unless you have Jamar chase types, Tyler Boyd, your third guy. And you, and you have T Higgins. Now, again, I'm reminding you that those guys weren't in the game. I get that, but like, you can see where I'm coming from. It's hard for them to overcome it. They had chances fourth and one, they took a deep throw. I, I think you can argue whether, uh, that was a smart play, right? Jacoby Brissett's in trying to find counters to the sneak stuff. Trot Brissett on. It's kind of hard for Brissett to just drop a perfect throw in there coming off the yeah. bench. Like yeah. I get that angle. Uh, but again, trips to the red zone, no points, uh, the field goal, no points late off of a 15 play drive. And that's yeah. why you're here. So um, look, I see signs of hope here. I do. But to, to the point of this, like, um, you know, sort of whole thing, I think you have to, in my opinion, look at where's the root of the biggest issue. It's the run game, right? So I think if they can't run, then the case in point, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, I think that the, as you said, and, and rightly so the the team is built to run the ball. Uh, They have been for, for multiple years now, and they're built to have, as I have said, elite offensive line play. Um, They have invested a ton of money in their guards uh, they've invested a first-round pick in their their tackle, and and they gave a lot of guaranteed money to Jack Conklin to come back this year. So, you know, it is it obviously again the center situation is what the center situation is, but it, it feels like there ought to be a way to to circumvent that being such a, a game ruiner. And and I think you know again there were bad plays by offensive linemen not named Yelda Froholt today. Uh, Jack Conklin I think got called for holding twice. He looks like he is really in a difficult spot in his career at this point. Um, and I know Jed Wills had a, had a false start, which is hilarious because Jonah Williams was leaving early all, all game long. Um, and, and Wyatt Teller, I, I saw, got pushed around a fair amount as well. So it's yeah. it's a group effort. They're not playing as well as, as what, you know, what they're billed as and what they have played at. And I think, you know, it, it really challenges the, the philo- philosophy of the team because, you know, Jake, you were saying during the game, it's obvious that the Browns uh, don't fully trust Deshaun Watson yet so they I mean they didn't have a choice down the stretch they had to go to the pass game to try and win the game but uh you know it was obvious in the in the first half that their plan to win this game was to run the ball and rely on design pass plays rather than drop back pass plays to try and continue to ease Watson into this thing yeah Brad go ahead I was just gonna say uh just go back to to your point on I'll be a little more critical of it i thought that play call with bringing brissette in on fourth and one and and taking a shot play there was absolutely ridiculous and i and i'm a stefanski fan but that was the one of the more absurd decisions i've seen him make in his career i I really don't get that at all uh and i know it's you know it's outcome based right like we're gonna say if he hits that where everybody's calling him a genius right but i i just don't think it was unnecessary at that point i guess is, is where i'm at I, I don't understand why that was needed um 
as far as Watson goes, I was encouraged by his play in the second half. I, I don't know. I thought he looked better. He threw pretty some pretty good balls. Him and Amari need to get in, in tune with each other a little bit better. Amari's probably not 100% today. Um, probably could have brought in a couple passes that maybe he usually does bring in uh, that hit his hands uh, that may, would have made a difference. I thought Donovan Peoples-Jones had it. I thought that, um, you know, the fade or sort of fade at the pylon there that they threw on fourth down was actually a pretty well-thrown ball that hit him right in the chest. If he high points that, I think he, he probably comes down with it. I'm not sure why he tried to catch it that way. Either way, um, he didn't get a lot of help there from his receivers yeah. in that situ- in those situations. Like a couple of those could have been brought in, I think. Um, but, you know, in trying to come back in this game, I think you may have gotten him into some sort of rhythm, or at least I feel better about Watson after this game. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that, you know, you saw some much more uh, of a consistent flash in the second half. Now, obviously there was that interception on that great play by Jesse Bates coming across the field uh, that they replayed so well on CBS and and making a great play on a a ball that Watson probably threw late and and stared down too long. But uh, yeah, you know, I think overall, a, a strong game from from Deshaun, considering what we saw last week, right? I mean, if we're comparing this to his work in 2020, we're still probably scratching our heads a little bit. But if we're comparing it to what we saw last week, we're certainly encouraged. And, uh, you know, it, it really, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about this in a second, but you start to look more at that sort of stuff as the playoff hopes grow dimmer and dimmer. Uh, Jake, you're a, you're a noted college quarterback. What did you think of Deshaun Watson's play? I mean, it seems better, right? I still think there are times when it feels like he's sort of, I don't know if the process is rushed or he doesn't have a great grasp for what protection will look like. But, I mean, I would say it's better. He did have he did have that miss, the ball that he left too shallow. I don't even know that he stared it down so much as um, I thought his eyes actually worked back to that throw a little later. Bates okay. had already jumped it. Like, Bates had already... If you watch mm-hmm. the replay from behind, it's it's just, I, I don't know. There's only two routes there to throw. You could go up the left sideline. He's kind of looking downfield, looking like he was trying to uh, do his best there, but Bates had already jumped it. So Bates just made a nice play, and it was underthrown. So it was underthrown. Mm-hmm. That's the root of the issue more than anything else. If it's not underthrown, if it's left upfield so we can run under it a little bit more and maybe turn upfield, I don't know if Bates gets there. Um, he was better. I don't know that he was great, but he was better, and I think mm-hmm. you can win with that version of Deshaun, and he probably is going to get better. Um, but there's like, this is their second game playing together. These guys yeah. like, it's gonna, yeah. he has, they have to get to know each other better as a play caller. What do you like here? Uh, we, we, there's just a growth process to, to all of, of this, right? Like it's going to take time. And I don't think anybody wants to hear that. I think the two, th- two thirty number that everyone likes to attach to Deshaun, which cool, mm-hmm. fine. You don't like it. It's it's it doesn't mean that he's the best quarterback in the NFL. I think we need to remind ourselves that it does mean that they think he's really good. And it was a free agency that was rare. You don't see quarterback free agency. So they had to do something unique to get him. But that doesn't mean that he's going to solve every issue your football team has. Right. Like he does. He didn't help in certain instances today, but he made some really nice plays. I think there needs to be this isn't what we want to hear because we're all really frustrated about the season and when they lost today and you're frustrated and I get it all. I totally do. But there's going to be a reacclimation period, which you would hope is that the surrounding stuff would be good enough so that you could overcome some of the uh, getting back into the rhythm sort of things. And again, I thought Watson was better today. So like you got to be able to run the ball. Like you got to be able to run the football. These guys can't have 18 carries for 40 yards and put it all in Watson's lap, or you're going to have outcomes like this where even if Watson's at his best, there are just going to be outcomes like this sometimes. Again, you look at Cincy, they ran. I don't have the, I finally do have the numbers that loaded up in front of me here. Cincinnati alone ran for 136. Like that's a respectable number. If you take, and that's 96 from Mixon, 22 from Pirine. If you take Chubb and Hunt, or you take Watson six for 33 out of it, again, yeah. that's what you're actually looking at less because Njoku was charted with a, lateral that was negative two yards you look at 38 rushing yards like that's just not good enough and that's why you get into the red zone and you can't score so i do think that um the browns are going through a bit of a run game identity transition they have been 
a wide zone team that is struggling to run wide zone. So they're trying to run from the gun more with running from the gun. You have different rushing concepts. You have inside zone concepts. You have some other pin pool stuff they're doing. It's just different. Um, and I think they're in a rut. They're just, they're really in a rut. And there were times I thought Nick missed a hole. So I just, um, I just don't think there's any cohesion in the run game right now. And sometimes that is fixable. Sometimes it's not fixable. We'll see. But a team lacking balance like that, when your leading wide receiver core is a 65, 70% of Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones working as hard as he can, and then it's just some other guys on top of, I think, I don't know what you guys think, but I'm watching Njoku run, and he still doesn't look like he's able to open it up on that issue that he's had with his body in the last four or five weeks. You can see why this team cannot flat out cannot be one dimensional. The play action game is yielding very little results as well. So um, I'm not surprised the offense is struggling. I'm I'm really not. I'm 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 really not. And I get it. We're all we're all really frustrated, and you should be. But here we are. You know, here we are. Yeah, I think you know it's it's definitely one. Let's 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 transition and talk about the defense a little bit. It's one you know one of the reasons that is a frustrating loss is because you kind of think like, well, you held the Bengals to 23 points. You held them held them down for I mean to your point earlier Brad held them down for most of the first half where you know they scored a touchdown going into the half uh to to get it to 13 to 3 but for the most of the half it was it was 7 to 3 it was you know it was a it was a tightly contested game uh the Browns had multiple chances to get the ball back to the offense and do something and they weren't able to do it I so it's hard hard for me to sit here and say that the defense played poorly uh and yet It, but they beat themselves. Uh, you exactly. Know what I mean? Right. Like they right. beat themselves with 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 silly penalties and sure. and uh, I mean that. I hate to go back to it again, but the fields penalty is so egregious that yeah. I mean you're getting good field position there. You're in a tight game, field position game in the first half, and he just runs into the kicker blatantly. Um, I, you know, I don't know. Is that like Prefer trying to block the kick going all out? Like, is that on him? Like, is that yeah. on Fields? I mean, it's on both of them, in my opinion, yeah. kind of. So mm-hmm. I, I, I just uh, – that stuff's incredibly frustrating. And then, you know, you have additional penalties, whether they were, you know, should have been flagged or not. You get the hold on Ward – uh, which is like a a fifty yard penalty, right, yeah. or a forty yard penalty, which flips the field against mm-hmm. Chase, and that was kind of ticky tack. But I mean, nine nine penalties for ninety eight yards. Yeah. Uh, that's that's just bad football, right? Like that's just not we. This is what the that kind of penalty number is what we were complaining about earlier in the season, like yeah. early in the season, and we thought we had gotten over that. Uh, you know, inopportune times on, on the defense to give up a big play. Like you go down and score to make it like kind of a game and you give up a 40 yard run to, <laughs> to mix right. in right out of the gate. Like mm-hmm. that stuff is brutal and backbreaking. Yeah. Um, it's those kind of things where I'm like, dang man, just shows. And it's not a heart thing really. I mean, he just, but it's just like. You want that you want this Browns team to ha- play, have more edge, have more heart, have more whatever oomph yep. to get yep. over the to, to get over the hump, and they just don't have it right now. Yeah, well, and 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 you know, to your point on the penalties, um, they there were others that were either offsetting or uh, declined. So their their true penalty yeah. total, I think, was twelve or thirteen, sure. um, and, and the yardage would have been well over a hundred. So. Uh, a very undisciplined game, something that they had kind of solved over the past few weeks that, as you said, was a much more of an issue in the early season. Uh, certainly disappointing to see that. Um, uh, you know, uh, the other factor here is that the Bengals, you know, were without uh, T. Higgins for most of the game. He was healthy, quote unquote, but didn't end up playing. Uh, and then, um, you know, uh, Tyler Boyd left early with a finger injury. So the, the Bengals were running out Trent Taylor and um, the kid that caught the flea flicker, whose name that I couldn't tell you right now. So, uh, you know, Jamar Chase obviously had a great game uh, and and took Denzel Ward's lunch money on more than one occasion. Um, and, and and so that's frustrating. Uh, but the, it was another way in which the Browns kind of had a chance that we didn't think that they would have, right? Because two-thirds of the 
the Bengals starting re- receivers weren't on the field for this game, but uh, Chase certainly was sort of the star for the Bengals. And, um, you know, it looked at times like the, the, it was, it's, you know, the connection that Burrow and Chase have is feels a little bit indefensible, right, Jake? Or impossible to defend. Well, I, I mean, they just did a, I think they did a good job of isolating him against slot and out. They move him around really well. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and they didn't have much trouble throwing against, uh, Denzel today. I don't, I'll have to look at the, the numbers c- completely, but there were some efforts from Denzel that were fine, but I mean, he's going to get his I, I, for the yeah. most part, especially when they, they put him in the slot and the Browns are running a lot of zone. So if they put him in the slot, that, that puts it on a safety being conscious and a, and a hook zone linebacker being conscious, kind of curl flat, knowing where he is. Uh, I thought that I was a little disappointed on some of the efforts Denzel had against him where, I don't know, man. They paid Denzel a ton of money. I need him to be able to play with Chase a bit more. I just, mm-hmm. I have high expectations for Denzel Ward. If they're paying him like one of the best corners in the league, he needs to exactly. some point play like it. I mean, yep. I, I'm not, I'm a little bit. I, yeah, like I'm not, I'm not trying to be unrealistic with Denzel. I just think he's had a really bad year, and I, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's because he got paid. I'm not sure, but he just mm-hmm. doesn't seem to mentally be on top of what people are going to, I don't think the Twitch is any less than it's ever been, but I don't feel like he has a great feel what other people are running. And, and when you pay as much money as his cap number is going to skyrocket soon. Yeah. And it's like, that guy's got to start performing. Like his cap number is going to tell you where if they have Jamar chase, you say, okay, we're good there. We just have to deal with whatever we get from the backside of Higgins and covering the tight end. That's not the case. So, I'm concerned. I'm officially really, it's been a full year of troubling play from Denzel. So I'm mm-hmm. on the concerned standpoint of, of what they're going to, what's the return on that contract going to be. And um, I'm uneasy about it. And uh, that's unfortunate. I thought, I thought like the Bengals did fine. I think they would have done exactly what they did with chase had Higgins and Boyd uh, and Hurst been all out on the field together. Uh, I just thought that they uh, did a nice job of doing things to get them the football. And I, I think that, they know what the Browns like to run coverage-wise. Browns are obviously going to sit in a lot of zone against uh, Cincy because for obvious gun-run stuff, is hard to defend when you're in man-to-man. You're chasing people all the time. And then, um, you know, obviously you want to have shadow help and various coverage help from from zone stuff. So I, it was fine. But he didn't cripple Cleveland. I mean, they're, in terms of, like, creative touches, he didn't cripple them. He just right. beat his man several times, which I go into a game for the most part thinking Jamar Chase is going to do some of those things. And to the people that say trade ward, and I'm not attacking JDR Browns. That's a lot that people say this a lot. lot. The the Browns will have a pay, a player they paid who's playing poorly and it'll be like, we'll trade them. Right. Who's taken that. Who's taken that player (laughs) that is worth anything in return. If you think they're bad, I guarantee you somebody else thinks they're bad that you're trying to trade them to. And they might say, Hmm, why are you trying to trade this 25-year-old Denzel Ward fresh off a new contract? Oh, you no, know what? Here's a first-round pick for him. No. So you, you have to stick with the guys you pay because two things, cap hits and player demand are not going to be – you can't just give them away. So, right. I, like, I, you got they got to play better. They got to be better. That's the only right. thing. Or, or you cripple your team because you made a bad choice to give them a lot of money. There right. is no automatic Madden Fantasy League out of these things. They got to play for you, and they got to play better. So yep. – I'm not attacking the commenter there. I promise you. I'm just, it's, it comes up a lot. Like, should we trade these guys? For, who's, who's taking them? And yeah. if they want, if they want them, if you have 17 suitors for Denzel Ward, huh, maybe we should look in the mirror a little bit. So yeah. I, that's just, I've just been meaning to say oh, that, but, but Denzel a, was, was, point, was bad today. He was bad today. I mean, yeah. he was, I wasn't as bad as I've seen him at times. Cause Jamar is a tough cover, but yeah. he wasn't great. And I they need him to be great. They, know, they need him to be great. I thought the defense was really good early. They gave themselves a lot of chances early. I yep. do think the defense falls into this pit of, well, the offense hasn't scored. I'm kind of tired of this. And that's Absolutely. a problem. And that's a leadership yep. problem on the defense for me, yep. where I notice they start to fold after they don't get help from the offense. Right. Uh, again, and More often than not, then they start seeing mental lapses. You start seeing them start to feel like, well, we're not going to win this game. Offense can't score. And then it's, so I tweeted it earlier. They just don't play complimentary football. How many times can you say, not a ton? So Tampa was one where all of the phases yeah. have kind of come together to play a true complimentary type of football game. I'm not yeah. sure there's many this year. There's yeah. really not. No. Yeah. 
Well, and I think the, the question about Ward really gets into something interesting, Jake, which is the, the idea of the, the scheme, you know, and, and how much of this. I thought it was really interesting. There was that uh, sequence, I think it was either the late third or early fourth, where Ward is playing a, with a ton of cushion against Chase in his own defense, and he catches an easy one on the sideline. And I feel like it was the next play or two plays later where Ward came up and, and tried to cut Chase in half on that, uh, that screen play. And it, it almost felt like, you know, getting his frustration out from being asked to play that sort of soft coverage before. So, um, Brad, you know, we talked before the game about, you know, if they win out, maybe they can't fire Joe Woods. Well, you know, they, they, <laughs> they're, they, you know, now they're on eight losses and, and it's hard to be optimistic that they're going to win out from here. So, uh, you know, they're looking at probably another losing season, frankly. And um, you start to think, I know you, you wrote uh, and updated your, your defensive coordinator article yesterday. Uh, you know, listing a bunch of candidates that could be out there. But my question for you is, do you think that a different defensive coordinator gets more out of a player like Denzel Ward? Because we've seen him do it before. Hey guys, telling you again about the fantastic offer coming up from FanDuel, America's number one sports book, which is coming to the Buckeye State at the turn of the year. They're already available. If you go in, sign up, you get $100 in free bets with an early sign-up bonus. Now, again, reminder, you cannot get this offer if you wait around and do it after the turn of the new year when, when it's a go-live date for sports betting in Ohio. You have to do it early. You get an early sign-up bonus by using the promo code OBR. Very simple. Just OBR. Get that sign-up bonus. Right, get hundred dollars in free bets. Just have to download the FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. Safe, secure, super easy to use. I already do it for some of the shows that I do on Sundays, just to look at lines and give advice. Download that app, Ohio. It's your chance to get in on the action. Join today again. Promo code OBR. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Again, the disclaimer: twenty-one and older. You'll be present in Ohio. Bonuses issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio, 1-1 of 2023. Unique user identity verification is required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, yeah, <clears throat> I think that it can. Uh, first of all, Ward is, to, to Jake's point, he's still elite athletically and speed-wise. I don't think he's, like, like, I don't think he's hurt. I don't think, I think he's fine. I just think, like, 
there is a culture issue on this defense, and sometimes I don't think he cares enough. Like, these guys sometimes just look like they don't care enough. And uh, I I know that seems like a really simple and, and whatever answer, but, the, but you know, if you're frustrated because the offense hasn't, you know, held up their end of the bargain and you go in the tank because of that, that's not caring enough, right? Like, and they don't have enough, I'll say it again, they don't have enough edge, they don't have enough heart, they don't play through the whistle, they don't have an identity. Uh, I, I believe Joe Woods has lost, he has no voice in that room. So I do think that, you know, whatever the new DC's philosophy is, and, and, and I'm open to a number of, you know, whatever philosophies that they want to look at, mm-hmm. whatever it is, you just, just get, Guy, the guys have to buy in. The guys have to believe in what they're doing. When you have guys questioning what they're doing after every game where Delpit's saying, you know, a couple yeah. of weeks ago, like, you know, well, it, it's hard to, you know, stop anything when we don't know what we're doing or whatever he says, right? Like, that, it's a culture issue. There's no leadership. Uh, you know, somebody on that defensive side of the ball has to say, follow me and 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 they and teach this team how to, how to win. But they're just not tough enough. They're not. Um, they they don't have the edge. They don't they don't have the competition. They don't outwill anybody. They don't win enough individual matchups. And a lot of that is like heart. And this is who we are. And we're not going to get shown up and and, and pride. And I, I know a lot of that is it can't be measured by analytics. That stuff I'm talking about. But uh, that comes from a lack of voice and poor culture on that side of the ball. And I've seen enough. I've been saying it for weeks. I'm ready for a new voice, a new philosophy. And I do think that you would get better results out of guys like Ward in a a new scheme with a new voice. As long as they buy in. As long as this isn't an issue where Ward's like, I got paid and I don't care anymore. Right. You know what I mean? As long as it's not his personal issue like that. But if he can buy in onto the into the new philosophy, then I think he'll be fine. Yeah, um, Jake, I, I kind of want to modify the question, but I'm, I'm curious about your thoughts on the, the same sort of topic. Uh, you know, I think one of the things that we've talked about a little bit in terms of a new defensive coordinator is the idea that that it would be, and, and you've, this is something that you've been saying for a while, that it would be a little bit of an associate head coach situation, right? Somebody, you know, ideally perhaps that has coached in the league as a head coach that understands you know, some of the cultural stuff that goes on and is a little bit more of a voice than Joe Woods is that, that could potentially help to sort of facilitate the culture change that Brad's talking about. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it would help. I'm, I'm not opposed to many routes. I'm not, yeah. I'm not a big coach guy, like in terms of, of making exclam- – like it took me – it's taken me a long time to get to Joe Woods' conclusion, and that's by really talking to back channels of people who either know him, around him, and – uh uh, some various other things to get there. I, I just, I don't know enough. We don't know enough about sure. who's to blame for a lot of things. So sure. I, it takes me a while to get there. And the same with the hire, they can hire whoever they want. I would prefer somebody with some experience, perhaps a former head coach who's, who's got, you know, not just the understanding of, I think Kevin could use a guy to put his arm around him and say some things like, Hey, yeah. You know, this is what we did in 2016 and this is what happened. And here's an example. Right. I think he could use that type of guy. Is that like a Jim Schwartz? I don't know. I really don't mm-hmm. know, but I'm not opposed to any hire as long as they can justify it. And I see it right. If I see it playing itself out on the field, there's just the interview, the, 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 the thought process tied to all of it. I don't know. I'm not privy to all that. So I, it's the same with draft picks. I have guys I like from watching film but I don't know what that guy's like sitting on a chair. Like what's he like talking about film? What's he like as a human being? I don't know those things. So it's hard for me to always, uh, you know, it's probably not the best thing in the world for this industry, but I'm not afraid to say, I don't know. Like that's the thing. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's just, that's how it is. But, um, for the, for the most part, I I can be open to a lot of guys, Jim Leonard, their reference in the comments. Yeah. Like that's a guy who seems pretty smart. I'm open to a lot of angles. I'm not going to call people stupid for, wanting guy a certain guy but i just need i need evidence and i need your understanding yeah. i like thought process tied to hires fires and everything in between so um i do think i am at the point where i would be preferable uh or it would be preferable to get a new voice there uh, on defense uh especially three years into the mistakes we've seen but it, I, I don't 
kind of we're, we're doing this and i know the big picture we want to break up the defense i didn't think they lost the game today i really didn't 100%. i thought offensively it was the biggest issue and there is a festering issue with the offense since the bye week that is it's very up in front of our face you're usually yep. hoping you come out of the bye week better mm -hmm. they have regressed since the bye week and i think that yes. is um yep. the the an equally troubling part of what's going on right now um position groups are faltering and uh, they're all pressing. You can see they're all pressing, trying to figure it out, and they can't. <clears throat> they can't figure it out. So that's a yep. that's a that's a hard thing here too. The, yeah. the defense, ahead, real quick. The defense may have uh, Jake may. I, I agree. It's not their fault that they lost the game, but they. I think that they weren't good either, uh, and and they did some dumb things and some and some silly things. I didn't think they were very good, in my opinion. In the first half, yeah. in the first I, half, they were better. They're, they're adequate. They were adequate enough to to get it done. I thought today you could have won with that defense if the offense was doing. You know, you got to look at some drives that the the defense doesn't even have to be on the field. They're not good. I'm not. I'm not calling them good. But I don't look at that game today. And it's like, well, they lost because of that defense. I just, I thought that their offense was so stat. I mean, ten points at the end of the day, you're never going to win in the NFL with ten right. points. Very rarely. So. You know, you take some of those drives that end up short or whatever, and it changes the total thought process of the Bengals next time out on offense and a lot of different things. So I'm, I'm again, I'm very much in favor of changing things around and a lot of different tweaks. But today, the, the biggest thing sitting on the pedestal of issues is the offense for sure. Yeah, and I think it, it, it kind of brings me to a big picture question, you know, because I think that there are some I mean, we this is where we started uh, talking about, you know, Jake, when when you when you joined us was the the construction of the offense being constructed to be a running team. And now they've got a, you know, uh, a, a very costly, both in draft picks and contract quarterback. So one of the challenges in my mind that is in front of the team, both on a personnel and a coaching level is how they reorient themselves. Uh, you know, I'm not saying for the rest of this season, right. I'm talking about in the off season, but I'm starting, I'm starting to think about it now you know, with this loss and just seeing where the issues are on both sides of the ball, right? That the run game has been completely submarined. And meanwhile, they can't really threaten people down the field that well, especially when Cooper's not at 100%. So it feels like the offense is a real crossroads, as you mentioned. And then you're talking about a, a defensive rebuild to, to one extent or another, uh, probably a coordinator change and certainly some significant uh, personnel changes. So one of the things that I'm wondering about is we start to have these conversations and this is, this is a first blush thing. We're not going to hold you to this, but, but uh, Jake, I'll start with you. Where would you divide the issues on the team in terms of personnel versus coaching? Um, is it a situation where it's 50, 50 and both need to be better? Uh, is there one that you feel like is more responsible for kind of where they're at? And obviously it's going to be different defense and offense. Maybe you feel differently on each side of the ball, but, but I guess my question is, where does the most work need to be done in the offseason? Is it in the coaches' rooms, or is it in Andrew Barry's office? It's a, it's a, it's a good question. I do think coaches' rooms need time, um, uh, uh, some reflection on where things went sideways. They do need some stability uh, in, in certain spots of the coaching staff. Uh, the, the players, too, like you know, pairing coach and play caller uh, to, to quarterback needs to continue. Um, there are personnel groups that have been, it's hard. Cause like today, the defensive tackles seem fine, right? Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not like it's just always one consistent right. thing it's a moving target. here. It's a yeah. moving thing. Now they have to enhance that room. They have to enhance some of their safeties. Uh, a couple of them I would like to see. They need to obviously overhaul, in my opinion, consider really, 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 really strongly consider overhauling the voice of the defense. On offense, I think they need they need a Brandon Cooks. They need that. They need more variety to their wide receiver room. Put it that way. They have some good right. pieces, complimentary pieces. They're short one really good wide receiver. One guy who can do the slot stuff, but also step outside, play the perimeter when they need him to. They need like Cooks is the type of guy they need. That would yeah. complement the whole operation, yeah. that type of player. That's um, a natural fit. And then, and then they they do have to start having some conversation. I mean, you 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 talked about it. I think we're dealing with Wyatt Teller having a bad year, largely because of what's happened to his lower body. 
mm-hmm. somewhat. You know, if we're going right. to say last year Mayfield's held accountable for his body and his performance, say right. for Wyatt Teller, he's been bad. Your center situation has been bad since the bye week. So you're like, your tackles have taken steps in the wrong direction since the bye week. I, I don't know how to answer your question, Andrew. I would say like, <laughs> I would say it's close to 50, 50. I, I don't, yeah. I don't think it feels over, like to me. I don't think it's as overwhelmingly one-sided as we think. I do think a defensive change of voice will help. Right. Um, but I, but I don't, uh, I don't think that solves it. I've talked about this in the past, just doing one change or the other doesn't solve the collective defense being better. Removing Joe, keeping every player doesn't do it. Right. Uh, removing 17 players and keeping Joe doesn't do it. Same with offense. I, I haven't even wrapped my mind around what the future of this offense looks like now that we're seeing regression and problems at certain spots. We'll yep. get there, but there are right. some, you know, concerning bubbles popping up there too, which you, you, I didn't, I really didn't want to see, but here we are. So I yeah. think you have to sit 50 50 and we'll sit back and look at it all at the end of the year, but it's a, uh, it's bad. Well, and I thought, you know, the, I mean, your 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 point about the regressing after the bye week, I think, really kind of brings home like what they're facing: the run game, the offensive line regressing since the bye week is. And again, obviously, you know, they're on their their fourth string center, so that's not ideal ever. But um, overall, a lot of teams do it and overcome it, so they need exactly. to figure it out. Yeah, right? you, it, it, you can't just say, "Well, now everybody gets a pass for the rest of the season yeah. because one player's hurt." Um, so yeah, no, and I, I think that's interesting. I also want to shout out E. Gillen. I, I'll get to you here, Brad, in just a second. E. Gillen with a great point. The offensive defense are at crash crossroads. The special teams are not even out of the house. So that's, that's a good line. <laughs> I think that really kind of sums up. We're not even talking special teams. We know that that's a mess and that's just kind of taken for granted. Disappointing that they didn't give Cade York a chance to hit that 68 yarder. Go ahead, Brad. I was just going to, on, on the same topic, um, I think that, you know, real, real base level stuff here, right? Like, um, you, I agree with Jake totally. You need another wide, a third wide receiver, whether it be Brandon cooks type, whatever, you know, that that he's probably right on that. He probably, he knows better what this, that room needs than I do probably, but you need a third wide receiver. Let's be honest. The Browns have been, uh, incredibly fortunate health wise in their wide receiver room this year that they haven't had to get into their depth uh, at all. Because if they had, you would have been seeing a lot of David Bell, more Felton than we've seen in the past Absolutely. couple weeks, and, and, and whoever else down the line, more Mike Woods, whatever. Which I would like to see more of Mike Woods, but still, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, you get my point. Uh, mm-hmm. So the wide receiver room needs addressed. You need three good guys. You need three good wide receivers, and I think Cooper mm-hmm. and Peoples Jones are are great for this team moving forward. But you need a third guy there. Uh, I think you need to retool the offensive line uh, as far as uh, you know evaluation. This offseason is going to be based off of what, like Jake said, like what what is due to injury, what is due to. Uh, you know, just fall off in performance. Wh- who can do what, and how do we want to run it for go- moving forward? What's his offense going to move like, running moving forward schematically, and who fits that plan, right? And then who its performance has been affected by injury, and how do we want to handle that? So you retool the offensive line on the defense, though. I think you're looking at you're going to have to retool as well based on philosophy. You bring in right. a new voice, a new buy-in. I think you need. A, we've been saying it for a while. You need a center center fielder, free safety. John right. Johnson the third is gone, uh, and I think you keep your three corners obviously uh, because I think they can be good together. And uh, you're going to need uh, some help on the interior defensive line room. So I think a lot of it is is personnel, um, but uh, on the defensive side of the ball, I believe very much that it, it is coaching too. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. One one thing that kind of gets glossed over, obviously, because Stefanski is the play caller here, is I wonder if maybe it's time there was some some small whispers, some quiet whispers, if you will, last year about Alex Van Pelt not being super happy in his role and looking for a different opportunity at the end of the season or after the season. Uh, I I wonder if that's an area that they look to, you know, just to kind of usher in this new era of offense that they're moving towards. You would have thought that they would have done it this past year, but maybe that's another uh, direction that they go is, is bringing in a different voice on the offensive uh, coordinator spot. I mean, which I guess would open the door to changing all three coordinators, which is probably more instability than they want. Uh, Just something that occurred to me while you were talking, Brad, but I think, I think you make a great point about um, the depth at the wide receiver room, 
has has not been a problem because the players have stayed healthy. But you see it today where Cooper, even though he's out there, is obviously not himself. But they have to have him out there because if he doesn't play, then uh, the, the Bengals could have kept eight in the box on every play, you know, all game long. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'd be open to bringing another mind into the offensive mix, right? Like, I don't think mm-hmm. – I don't think you necessarily have to get rid of Alex Van Pelt, but I don't know what Jake's thought would be on this, but like, are they willing to bring in somebody that um, has some different ideas of of how to use Watson and, and, and work and as a cohesively to, to make this offense as efficient as possible. I I, I've never be against that. I mean, you remember the Todd Monk and Todd Monk and how much Todd Monk is is enough Todd Monk uh, all over again, but yeah, so I don't know. Um, but I wouldn't be against that, that idea. Um, I don't know. I just think prefer and woods are gone. And, and I think mm-hmm. that that will naturally lead you to a retooling based on philosophy mm-hmm. on the, uh, on the defensive side of the ball. And I think that you need to address some things offensively to make this, uh, you know, the, the best offense that it can be. And and I think that they should be like, we're talking about this team, like it's the end of the thing, but this team should be compete for the division next year. I, I in my personal opinion, like I, I don't think right. that it's That's out of anybody. Right. Yeah. Like 2023, they should be in it for the division. I don't think that's crazy right. to say. No, I agree. I think the goal is 11 to 12 wins and a division title. And if, if you know, so everything has to be geared towards that sort of end goal. It can't be enough to say, well, if we bring this back, maybe it'll be slightly improved. You know, everybody's kind of got to be playing at a top, what, top 12, you know, level for them to be able to hit that sort of a mark. And so that's from where they are right now, <laughs> that is a big challenge. Uh, and so, you know, that's, that's, that, that's sort of my big picture thoughts and, and I, where I'm starting to turn as we, you know, we have four games left in this season. And obviously a lot of what comes for the rest of the season is just kind of seeing Deshaun Watson and Kevin Stefanski get on the same page as Jake alluded to. Um, seeing them develop some chemistry as a coach and play caller that they uh, as a as a play caller and quarterback, excuse me, that they can carry into next season. So um, I think that pretty much wraps up the show uh, as far as anything I had to talk about. But I, I'll give you guys a chance to kind of offer some closing thoughts, Jake. Uh, what, what kind of where are you at with this? And and I mean, we've got a a, a little bit of a cursed prime time or or national televised game next week against the Ravens at four thirty on Saturday. So uh, looks like it might be even Anthony Brown at quarterback next week for the Ravens, depending on health things for them. Could be a real weird one, uh, but it's a home game, Watson's home debut, and uh, certainly it'll be good to see you know that offense take on the challenge that is the Baltimore defense, right? I don't know if I call it good for them. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, they, I just they want to should... see him do it. That's yeah, what I mean. I, I feel you. Um, another opportunity to win at this point. Exactly. The slim. The chances are very slim. You should look at this week and the rest of the weeks as an improving every part of who you are. Some guys are fighting for jobs. Do you want to be a part of next year's organization? There are people fighting for that opportunity. There shouldn't be a bunch of quitting because some guys don't have the guarantee. There's a core that has a guarantee to be here, but not everybody does. I'm obviously looking at pinpointing ways in which the offense starts to show a more uh, nuanced understanding of what they do well and what they don't do well. They did not run many RPOs today, which I was pretty blindsided by. I did not expect that. So got to sort of figure out as they figure out who they are, what they're going to be consistently doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, that's, that's what I'm paying attention to. I'm looking at, I hate, but there's also nothing we can do. The games that they've lost are the games they've lost. And yeah, yes. it sucks. And another yes. year of my, I get it, but now we're trying to figure out how they get better into next year where they'll still have everybody in their prime, young primes. They can start to win some games and maybe put together a full season. So, um, yeah, I, that's what I'm interested in is looking at who's continuing to develop, who's giving up, who's packing it in because that tells you enough about how they stand with the franchise and all of that. So, you know, just because games don't matter for making the playoffs, maybe they still do matter for the future of the organization and figuring out who's going to be where and, and what and why and all that. So I will still be very honed in on personnel and decision-making from the top down. Okay. Uh, Brad, similar question to you, just uh, where, where your thoughts are for heading into next week and, and what you're, I guess, looking forward to over the last four weeks of the season. Yeah. Um, I want to see Watson obviously continue to improve and uh, get into some rhythm with these wide receivers. You know, 
Donovan Peoples-Jones, eight receptions, 114 yards today. I didn't even realize that. I just noticed it out of the corner of my eye. That's uh, pretty good. Uh, listen, you know, I, I think this offense has some of the pieces that it needs or a good amount of the pieces that it needs, but um, Jake for OC in 2023. The worst put job the in football. On. I'm out. Put the headset no on. Never would want to do that. Let's do it. I'm all in for Jake. Sorry for, for interrupting, Brad. I apologize with that one. No, you're fine. I, uh, I, I mean, I pretty much, you know, kind of kind of said how I feel about it. I, you know, I, I'm, uh, I'm done with Woods, and I'm done with a number of members of that defense as far as what I've seen yeah. uh, from them. And uh, I think there are guys that need to be evaluated as far as, like Jake said, if they want to be a part of this going forward, right? Like, or if they can find a, a carve out a, a role in this defense uh, and offense going forward. So yep. I think a lot of this last, uh, these last games will be evaluation for next season mm-hmm. and uh, seeing what works best uh, with Watson and the personnel you have on offense. I think that sums it up. Uh, yep, the Browns uh, drop a disappointing one today to the Bengals, 23-20. Uh, 23-10, I apologize, giving the offense way too much credit. Um, they will be back uh, in action next Saturday against the Baltimore Ravens at home. It's a 4.30 kick on Saturday, as I said, so we will be with you uh, for pregame on that one. We also have, of course, a full week of shows. Monday Rewind tomorrow night at 7. Uh, Jake will break down the film on Tuesday night at 7. Uh, Garage Beers uh, Tuesday at 9. OBR weekly on Wednesday at seven. And then I will be back on uh, Thursday to preview the Ravens game on Saturday. So we've got a full week of shows. Uh, it all continues and we will break down exactly what, where this team is at with this uh, latest loss and, and kind of what the offense looked like. I'm sure we'll have pieces on all of it throughout the week. So stay tuned to the OBR in print on the internet and uh, stay tuned to uh, us here on Twitch or YouTube, wherever you're following us and, uh, and check us out. Thank you so much for joining us today. Sorry that the Browns didn't deliver more, uh, but we enjoyed it with all of you, and uh, we will see you back here tomorrow night. Until then, go Browns.